Well, we have more inflation to rust on the prediction that central banks will raise their rates. The Bank of England almost certain to lift rates next month after their highest inflation read over there for 30 years. Canada also seeing the same picture. They meet next week. So what about the Aussie picture? Well, we're a bit behind everyone else, but by how much? Maybe the employment numbers today will answer that. Certainly, we are seeing a move away from bonds. Yields are rising. Will that accelerate further? Let's see. It's Thursday, the 20th of January, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, U.S. equities are up today. The S&P 500 is up 0.4%. The Dow up about 0.1%. Morgan Stanley saw shares up 2% thanks to uh, strong gains from their investment banking, the sector where most banks seem to have been doing particularly well. Tech stocks also up. The Nasdaq gained almost half a percent. Gains of a quarter percent or more across much of Europe as well. The FTSE 100 is up a third of 1%. The U.S. dollar has retreated a little. The Aussie dollar, one of the big winners, is up 0.7% to 72.3 U.S. cents. The pound up a quarter percent. The euro about 0.2%. Oil is still climbing as well, another 1.2% on WTI. Uh, it got up over $87 earlier. It's uh, fallen back a bit now. In fact, if we kept up at the rate we've seen so far this year, then we'd be at $100 oil in a month. And US Treasury yields actually falling a little today, down five basis points, but still rising in Europe. German 10 years uh, hit the big fat zero for the first time since 2019. They are a couple of basis points below that now. And UK 10-year guilt up four basis points at 1.25%, which is the highest it's been since 2019. So lots to talk about there. Let's uh, talk about it with Gavin Friend from NAB in London. Uh, so uh, I tell you, uh, Morgan Stanley might have had good, good results. The, the CEO of Goldman Sachs, David Solomon, uh, was having to explain the disappointing results on his side. And he said, uh, well, look, we've got wage inflation everywhere, uh, which is certainly the theme at the moment, except for Japan, perhaps. Uh, but, you know, we've seen, uh, at least as far as the U.S. is concerned, the bond sell-off has slowed a little today, hasn't it? Yeah, morning, Phil. <clears throat> I think that's right. Um, yesterday, that saw U.S. two-year bonds push up to a high of what, 107. That's the highest in the sort of post-pandemic cycle. 10-year U.S. up to 190. So we're getting up towards that uh, 2% level and certainly above the old highs at 179, 180. Um, and the German Bund um, uh, yield for the first time um, since mid-2019 nosed above zero to two ba- plus two basis points. All of that kind of faded away, um, didn't last, and we've had um, you know, yields retreating down by 10 basis points or so, and that, I think, has offered some relief to equity markets on the day. We'll see where this goes because the die seems to be set on this in this move on on yields, and of course, commensurate with that, you'd expect um, as that happens, you know, investors will be looking more mm. earnestly at valuations, and we perhaps get some more of that rotation into value and out of growth. Yeah, so it's it's been a, a bit of reappraising, I guess, that hasn't. It? We've seen not a great deal of movement in uh, in the currency markets either. But on the you talked about bonds sort of like uh, rising and then falling back again. That's not been the case, has it, in the UK? They've sort of stayed up, and I guess that is because of that uh, that higher than expected inflation number that we saw in the UK, five point four percent year on year for December. Not quite the seven percent in the United States, but they're perhaps going to get there. But it is the highest in thirty years. So who's to to say it's not going to get any high. In fact, it seems very likely, doesn't it? Which means that almost certainly the Bank of England will have to do something next month. And uh, I think the markets are, are, are totally expecting that now. Well, I mean, let's just look at the numbers. So, as you say, 5.4% highest since 1992, driven by energy 
and food prices, energy prices up 25% on the year after 25% last month. Most of that, of course, is due to gas prices. Food, which is a chunky 11% of the CPR basket, up over 4%. Uh, new and secondhand cars, like in the US, you know, soaring up nearly 14%. Familiar story there. And across the service sector, inflation, which is about 40% of the entire basket, prices are up by 3.4%. I mean, you know, it's not, it's not what's going on in energy, but it's still, it's still pretty strong. So to your point, I mean, the outlook is not great. Well, um, these energy costs are going to get high as well, aren't they? Because they've been held back because of this price cap on gas. Uh, but mm. we've had runaway uh, wholesale gas costs. I mean, uh, come Easter time, those wholesale costs are going to get reflected in the retail prices. So that's going to get far worse. Exactly, exactly right. So, um, you know, 25%. Uh, energy prices at the moment, uh, uh, customers' energy bills are going to double. That's the expectation in April when that cap is lifted, which has been artificially keeping prices low. And that's likely, we think, to push uh, inflation, UK inflation up from 5.4 in December's numbers today to um, closer to 7%. From that point, things ought to be rolling over then, but it's obviously going to take a time and it will take a year, obviously, from April if that's when that peak yeah. is. And does Britain opening up faster than almost everybody else? Because they basically announced uh, today, didn't they, or yesterday, uh, that, you know, it's masks off uh, in schools from tomorrow. Everyone should get back to the office. Uh, you know, the UK really is assuming the worst is over. So that's going to presumably create more demand. That's That actually could add to the inflation, couldn't it, if, if it is supply driven uh, indeed indeed um because all these disruptions are still there the rest of the world whatever's going on in the uk you know so you're going to pick up in demand here you're st- you still have the bottlenecks the supply disruptions you know um hundreds of construction companies are going out of business per week in the uk it's not a demand issue it's because you know these 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 companies have got fixed price contracts in and they can't deliver um and so they're, they're going to the wall um so those problems are going to remain i mean to your question about you know what does it mean for the bank of england you know the, the bank of england meets next on the third of february a couple of days after the rba um and i think you're right i mean the market is pricing in another 100 basis points this year it's not fully priced for a move on the third of feb <clears throat> but we saw some comments from andrew bailey the governor of the bank of england today saying that um, you know um, that, that, that some of these prices will be will be temporary, but you know he, he's looking at the gas market curve, you know, out over the next sort of few months, and suggests that you know that's that's telling him the prices are going to remain elevated, you know, all through this year, um, and obviously that's a longer term concern. He's also concerned about the tight labour market. We had those very strong labour mm. market numbers on Tuesday in the UK, unemployment down to four point one percent, nearly. You know, nearly hitting the, the pre-pandemic low of three point eight percent. Yeah, so that that yeah. just uh, goes back to you know what I said. David Solomon was saying that it's we're seeing wage push inflation that spiral uh, happening everywhere, which is the concern, isn't it? And look, if we look at Canada, their inflation numbers were higher than expected as well yesterday, four point eight percent year on year for December. Uh, the core rate was up a lot more than expected, actually. Although month on month, it, it looks like prices have fallen a little. But look, you know, year on year, not good news. Uh, so the Bank of Canada they meet next mm-hmm. next week, obviously a strong expectation that they're going to lift rates. Yes, I think. I mean, that, that might be the, um, you know, we've got the Fed and the, and the Bank of Canada meeting next week. And it is, in terms of policy action, it's, it's, it's more likely that we get something from the Bank of Canada than we do from the Fed. Um, although everybody's focused on the Fed, of course. Um, you know, action there isn't expected to come until, until March. But just coming back on, you know, this whole inflation dynamic and prices, 
gas prices, you know, that, that the Bank of England governor is uh, very worried about. You know, we had some comments today. U.S. Um, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is touring Europe. He went to Ukraine uh, on Wednesday ahead of a meeting in Geneva with the Russian Foreign Minister, uh, Sergei Lavrov. And, of course, this follows that, um, you know, the failed negotiations uh, between NATO and Russia over the last few weeks in terms of arresting, you know, the tensions that are on Europe's eastern flank. Um, and so, you know, we're waiting to see what happens there. Blinken was at pains to warn the U.S. embassy staff in Ukraine today when on his way there that Russia could strike quite quickly, Um you know, so that so so obviously, if that were to happen, you're going to get renewed pressure on global commodity markets, driven by a spike in gas prices. On the other side, um, it emerged that um, an independent um, supplier of LNG in China um, has offered to flood the LNG market with dozens of spot LNG cargoes this year, um, according to media reports. Um, and so this is a situation where we've, we know that Europe, you know, where the tensions are on gas, you know, uh, has, has benefited from a, an unseasonally warm winter so far. We know there's been big shipments of LNG from the US and that has pulled that gas prices down a lot, but they're still very elevated. The prospect of, of, of extra help coming through from China on this in terms of uh, LNG cargoes you know could be could be a bit of a game changer in terms of the dynamics of what's going on in russia right. and europe's eastern might, flank it, and, uh, best, so we watch this with interest. yeah we will but i mean it would have best offset i mean if that pipeline gets closed down because there's uh, a, a battle for the ukraine then obviously that's going to have a significant impact as well it, it, it will but um, my point is i think that if there's um relief on gas prices i mean it does change the dynamics of what Russia is bartering with at the moment. Um, and so, you know, it could change the whole Absolutely. the whole situation. I think cer- certainly a situation to yeah. watch. Yeah, less of a mon- monopoly. So, uh, yeah, absolutely changes the game. So, look, let's look closer to home. We had a small fall in uh, consumer confidence in uh, Australia's uh, numbers yesterday uh, from, from the Westpac AMI survey, a 2% drop, which isn't much considering how widely the Omicron virus has been spreading. Uh, so, you know, the fact it was a small drop perhaps suggests that we are expecting a rapid recovery. And maybe we'll see just how swift that could be because we'll get the job numbers out this morning i think the nab expectation is for the unemployment rate to fall to 4.4 percent which would be the lowest read since october 2008 blimey yeah that's right so i think the consensus for the job ads is is 60,000 jobs we've got 70,000 but i think your point is right that um all the focus is on the unemployment rate it's already at 4.6 uh, you know, down from what seven and a half was the peak in the pandemic. The RBA is at a for- forecast of four and a half percent by June this year. So, you know, we're getting down there. You're right. My my, my colleague Tapas is looking for four point four. I mean, that will be the lowest since October two thousand and eight. I mean, these low jobless numbers predate Omicron. So, you know, we need to be aware of that. Um, and that that, that that the volatility that comes through from that is expected in the next few months. But that said. You know, if, if Omicron peaks relatively soon in Australia, then we'd expect minimal lasting disruption in a labour market that has seen, you know, unprecedented labour demand in things like the job ads. You know, so 
you know that's 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 a strong story. There. So given that, given that you know we're, we're seeing inflation and it's increasingly people are saying, well, it isn't just supply chains and it isn't just uh, commodities; it is also wage push inflation. I mean, Australia is not going to be exempt from that, is it? No, it isn't. But of course, the RBA RBA's view at the moment has been today that um, it's going to wait until it sees um, wage growth pushing up to you know, towards three percent before it uh, before it moves on rates. It's got this very you know, delayed uh, reaction function there in terms of monetary policy. Markets, of course, are way forward from that, you know, pricing in four rate hikes this year already. Um, you know, we're somewhere, NAB, we're somewhere further back. We're talking about you no know, hikes until mid next year. <clears throat> That's our official line. Um, and that, But then, because it's lagged, the RBA will have to tack in pretty aggressively and get rates up to sort of somewhere between one and three quarters and two percent by the end of 2024 because of that lag. Mm, sounds like you're saying it's a bit of a fluid situation at the moment, though. So we'll. Uh, it, it, it certainly is. I mean, the first shoe to drop is going to be QE, and we're mm. going to hear about that at the uh, on the first of February meeting. Yeah, which helped uh, Aussie bond yields up over two percent, didn't it, uh, yesterday for the first time since yeah. October? Uh, become as we predicted, of course, on the on, on the podcast uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, the People's Bank of China, of course, uh, they're going the other way. Uh, more rate cuts, perhaps there today, and also. So today, the Philadelphia uh, Philly Fed Business Survey, we got a very weak read out of the Empire Survey earlier this week. So it'll be interesting to see which way this one heads. Was that just a one-off? Indeed. The other thing to watch out for is the ECB's um, minutes of their December meeting, um, just really because the the discussion there is beginning, is getting a little bit more anxious given, you know, a, above 5% inflation there, second round effects threat. Um, you know, and, you know, sort of, you know, criticism that maybe the ECB is overcommitting when it comes to uh, the extent of its QE. So, you know, I think that an incremental shift there in that language would catch the market's attention. Yeah, a lot of bringing forward, isn't there, of uh, things that have been pushed back. <laughs> well, yes, it's not just a US dynamic, is it? No, no absolutely not. Well, very good to talk to you, Gavin. We'll catch you again very soon. Thanks, Phil. Cheers. I should say there's been a lot of excitement going on in Westminster as well uh, over the last 24 hours. It looks like uh, Boris Johnson might be on the way out. The next Prime Minister of the UK might actually be in Australia at this very moment. That's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.